Welcome to IBMI DevOps Tech Talk, where we discuss key topics and questions with Arcade experts. Today's topic, key considerations and advantages when moving to Git. Hi everyone, my name is Ray Bernardi. I'm with Arcad Software. I've been here for 16 years. I've been in the application lifecycle management space for, God, I think over 30 years now at this point in time. And I've got a couple of experts here with me today. I've got Jeff Tickner. Jeff, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hi, I'm Jeff Tickner. I've been working in uh, change management for over 25 years myself with a couple different companies. And uh, I do implementation. So I've been kind of the hands-on um, implement and train on the development processes we set up. Thanks, Jeff. Also joining us today is Alan Ashley. Alan, why don't you say hello and tell us why you're here? Well, I am here as kind of the DevOps representative, the one that uh, begins the show and tell part of this after a long career over at Big Blue. And you're more into the testing area and things like that, are you not? Testing and anonymization and things like that, yes. Ah, cool. So today's discussion is on key considerations and advantages when moving to Git. Alan and I interviewed Jeff on that topic. Let's go ahead and listen to that. With many companies now moving to Git across the enterprise, the IBM shops are, are no different to this, this move. So how will the Git and the IBM I exist and work together, Jeff? Well, the important thing that you want to remember is that to Git, all of these different languages that it's managing are just text. It doesn't know what RPG is or Java. Um, so it's just going to manage the uh, the IBMI native source, COBOL, DDS, as text files. And really, the trick is managing the, the editing and build. Um, that doesn't happen in Git. So editing happens in tools like RDI, and the build is going to be handled by something like RCAD. So is Git just managing source? That's all it's doing? It's also versioning the source changes line by line. And there's no other change management package, RCAD included, that gives you that capability. And that's why we chose to integrate with Git to provide that functionality that customers want. That sounds like a distinct advantage to me. So now that we're moving to Git, what are some of the advantages that an IBMI shop will get from Git? Well, um, you're probably going to find that you're already using Git, some flavor of Git at your company already on the other platforms. And so you now have the opportunity of working directly with the guys working on the GUI interface or what have you that um, while you're working on the back end um, and you're no longer siloed. Uh, and if you can adopt other similar tools like the automation tools, you have the potential for synchronous deployment, which makes life easier. Uh, one of the things that IBMI shops generally avoid is concurrent change, which is normal out in the open systems world. And that's because they have tools like Git to manage my changes uh, line by line. The other nice thing is that you can work offline with Git because in the traditional, uh, what we call distributed mode, everybody has a copy of the repository. Um, and so they're not, not needed to connect to the server to make changes. Of course, on the IBMI to compile, you have to have an IBMI. In RCAD, we, you know, I hear the terms centralized and decentralized and distributed. 
Arcad supports all that with Git. Yeah, and and that's the interesting thing is that um, because these tools are open, Arcad is open. Um, you know, we work with Merlin, which is kind of a, a a centralized. We have our own centralized technique within Arcad where uh, the developers don't have a copy of the source. Um, and that's something that's important to some of our customers that the developers aren't walking around with a copy of all their source. And so it's just a matter of automation. Um, in Merlin, they have a, a, a central server uh, for editing and everybody's using a browser. In Arcad, we're using RDI or even green screen because we're managing the interaction we get in the traditional way. Um, if you're using VS Code or even Visual Studio, you can edit uh, IBM iSource now, um, and you're going to be having a local uh, copy of the repo, the Git repo on your workstation. So wait a minute. You, you're telling me there's all these copies of this repo out there, and all these developers may have a copy of it on their laptop. They may have parts of it here and there. Where's the trusted source now? So that's a great question. That's a, a real common early question from our customers when we're talking about implementing this or even in the middle of implementation is if I have copies of the source out in the IFS and I might have copies in the library for compiling and I might have developers walking around with copies of the repo on their workstation, what do I trust? And the answer is the Git server. So when we say we're gonna build we always build from the Git server. And when we start developing, we refresh our source, however we have it, whether it's a local repo or it's a checkout in the Arcad centralized mode, we go back out to the Git server to get it. That's the trusted location. Now, Jeff, even though that's the trusted location, the source still resides on the IBMI, does it not? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's part of the magic of Arcad is we need the source in the library, so we keep the source in the library um, for the developers for debug, et cetera, um, and we keep that in sync. We have a process to make sure that we're still in sync after you've been using it for a month or a year or what have you, because people are worried about that, getting out of sync. You know, they have copy on Git and they have a copy in the library. So, it, so it, to, to a developer using Git with the IBMI, there's really no difference. They do the same thing they've always done. They work in a library on the IBMI. Um, in the RCAD centralized method, but you can still have developers uh, working in the traditional, uh, I shouldn't say traditional, the, the more common Git um, distributed method alongside those centralized ones because the Git server is where all the changes go. It's the common area where you merge those changes together. And that's other magic of Git is that merge. I can have disparate IDEs, disparate methodologies, as long as I have a common Git server and I have that Git merge and conflict resolution, all that fun stuff to manage that. Okay, jumping back just a little bit, you mentioned concurrent development, and I know everybody loves to do concurrent development these days. In Git, there's things we hear called branches, and then you get into merges. Is this how this all comes together with concurrent development? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, um, you have a, a trunk, a main branch, master branch, um, and you branch off of that, and you're essentially branching off individual projects. So you um, have 
kind of a copy of the source in your branch, and you can have people working on multiple copies of the same program source in different branches, and that provides the isolation. And then the merge back to a common branch is where the concurrent uh, development potential issues are resolved. That's merge conflicts, that kind of thing. Um, and we're leveraging the fact that we can track where those changes came from on a line for line basis. So if I merge four versions of a program into a common branch, say a release, so commonly we use features into a release, uh, I can look back and say, where did all these changes come from? Git actually calls it blame. So I can say, show me blame, and it tells me where each change to the, to the line came from if I merged four different changes in. So you're not losing any changes. Like normally when you do an IBM I change, it kind of, you just overwrite what's there and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So my long experience with traditional change management, um, we did have to deal with that those problems uh, no longer because Git does not overwrite. Git always merges. And if Git can't merge, you get a merge conflict and it has a mechanism for resolving that intelligently. And what's cool is that conflict resolution is a specific separate change event separate from the actual source changes. So it's this really granular history that if I have a mess, I can sort that mess out intelligently. Um, it's not magic, but it's pretty close from my experience, 20 years of experience in traditional change management. So Jeff, all the things you're saying, it sounds kind of complicated and how it all kind of goes together. You've got features and branches and merges. Is there a way to help simplify this? Can we tap into any kind of automation that's out there? Yeah, and, and we can't skip any steps, but we can make the steps less painful and we can take any tedious steps and automate them with validation. So that's where automation comes in is I have to do the merge. I can make the merge as stateful or as simple as I want because the Git packages provide merge requests or pull requests for peer review, et cetera, or I can streamline it. Um, and then when I say that merge happens, all of the follow-on actions can be completely automated. So typically I'm merging into a release to go into integration to see how things work together. I can say I merge in my changes, now build them, build all the dependencies, and deploy that if the build is successful into the integration environment. <clears throat> and depending on the package, I can do messaging and tell QA, hey, there's new changes. Um, I can link back to, if I'm using Jira or you know, another task package, I can link back to the task. Maybe there's a test plan. I can automate unit testing along the way. Uh, so we, can, we can't skip steps, but we can streamline the steps by automating the one, the tedious ones. And the nice thing is when we're using pipeline tools, uh, and we did a session on automation previously that was good, but using pipeline tools, we can have logic in there and we can do all kinds of fun stuff in there. So as we move from a traditional change management into Git as an SCM, 
what are some of the milestones or check marks that we need to look for as we move into using Git? So the most important thing is that management is on board with this adoption. Um, what I found in implementing Git at IBM iShops is there's a significant um, cultural change for the IBM i developers. And uh, I, I won't deny that there's a learning curve. And so management has to be prepared for that learning curve. Uh, the way to minimize the, the learning curve for the organization is to look at how you're using Git in other places in the organization. Uh, one thing that kind of surprised me was when we started this process of adopting source control, we thought would be small organizations, small companies that adopted it first, but it was actually big companies because they were already using these processes in other places. They saw the benefit. They wanted to extend it to the IBMI. Uh, and what that means is you often have someone in your organization who's familiar with Git um, and you want to leverage them. And hopefully you have someone that is came from the IBMI and has gone like an IBMI developer is doing Java now and is using Git and understands both worlds or vice versa. Somebody that was a Java developer is now doing some freeform RPG um, and they can be a very useful uh, person to translate uh, the unique requirements of the I to the Git. Uh, subject matter experts at your organization. Someone has to manage the branches, even if we hide the branches as much as possible and the, the extra complexity of Git from the more traditional IBMI developers. Someone that understands IBMI code has to manage the branches. So um, especially with those merges, Remember, Git doesn't know what RPG is, so somebody has to make those decisions about the pull requests and the merges and merge conflicts. Uh, so um, it certainly helps if you have uh, IBM I developers with an open mind. It's still source control. It's not source control as an afterthought. So knowing that and having worked with a few IBM I shops in my day, uh, some IBMI guys are not big on change, so they're going to need some help getting to this step. So how can ARCAD help someone who's not fluid with Git? Well, you know, ARCAD has a benefit. We've been doing this for almost nine years now, so we have the benefit of a lot of experience. Um, we've identified where the unique requirements of the I can be an additional challenge and um, we can help translate those requirements to the folks you might have in an organization that are already using Git. We have a high level of integration with automation tools. We have plugins for all our tools and Jenkins, so the implementation is easier. And then we have a lot of experience training on using Git. Uh, we, for years, did not have a relatively easier centralized method, and I had to teach everybody how to use Git directly. Um, which wasn't much fun sometimes. Uh, now we can provide an easier path for some developers, but some of your IBM I developers have to be fully immersed in Git. You just have to anticipate that. Uh, one of our techniques is to kind of do pre-training where we're both 
training, who are going to be the subject matter experts, and testing out the workflow to make sure it meets your requirements. And then once everybody's happy, we roll out this process to the rest of the developers. Those pre-trained subject matter experts are now helpers in the training. We've already tested all the use cases. And so we have a go live right after the general training. We have, you can do a buddy system where the pre-trained folks, the subject matter experts can help the people that are newer to get. Um, so uh, we have a way to kind of reduce the learning curve and get people up and running as fast as possible and try not to, to bury anybody under uh, a, a large learning curve where they're not productive. Well, Jeff, you kind of uh, must have been reading my mind here because I was just about to ask about some of the training and you just kind of covered that where you're going to get training from your peers from your Git gurus or your Git champions as you go through this. And I guess one of the things I got out of this was just because you're an IBMI developer, you don't necessarily have to change all the ways you do things differently. You can still develop right in 5250 if you want to. You can develop right in RDI. Yes. But now you're getting kind of a more enterprise level of source control management that will, I guess, in the end, make your life a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the benefit of Git is I can choose whatever interface I want. Some of that enabled by Arcad's functionality and some of that enabled by Git. And the efforts of other folks in the open source community, uh, Code for IBMI has completely opened up Visual Studio and VS Code. So it's really an exciting time because we are getting a lot of choices and we can really leverage those. Um, training is super important. Um, we want to have our champions that can um, provide internal resources. Uh, you know, we, we certainly don't want you tied at the hip to ARCAD for the rest of your lives because you have no idea what you're doing. We want you to be successful on your own is our goal. And uh, it's a new world for some folks, very new world. So we definitely want to have some people comfortable with it when you go live. Thanks, Jeff. This has been an outstanding little session here that we had today. Uh, covered a lot of areas of Git. And I know going forward as we have these talks, I know we're going to have one on feature release and merges in and of itself. That's a given. Oh, uh, because yeah. some of that- Branches are very important. Yeah, so that, I mean, you hear it come up all the time. So I can't wait for that session down the road. And thanks again for uh, speaking with us this afternoon. Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit our website at www.arcadsoftware.com.